0: Welcome to Dinner Table Talks, the weekly podcast for me, Joe Hilliard, and my lovely, lovely partner in life, Aislinn Campbell. Now, can I keep that in? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Come together at our dinner table and talk to you about...
1: Anything we choose.
0: Anything we choose. And I got to tell you, last night we had a full-blown kitchen emergency.
1: We did? I missed that somehow.
0: You're not going to miss it the next time you go try to turn on the stove.
1: Oh, no. Did the last lay- level thing, the last we thing We have
0: broke? an older... Gas stove. And there's no reason to even consider getting it replaced because in just a few months we'll be moving out to the farm where we have a brand new, beautiful, lovely, working, all of the knobs are there gas stove. Mm -hmm. But with this older stove, the plastic knobs, and there are four of them for the four burners, have one at a time over time completely just disintegrated. (laughs) And we were down to one. (laughs) So if I got four stove. Top burners going. I've got to literally pick it up and uh-huh. put it down into the other little <laughs> yeah. hole to turn on, up, down. The last one crumbled last night. And here is the largest problem I can't freaking find them online. I was this stove say, I is you so had old. Looked
1: for them before. I
0: have looked, I have looked, I have looked, and it wasn't an emergency until now. So <laughs> I'm going to have to find a reputable local appliance store to do the work for me, I think. Hmm. Huh. So in the meantime, I'm using pliers. And like I said, the next time you go in there to use the stove, I know I'm going to be in deep, deep trouble.
1: Yeah, that sucks. You're yeah, right. You are
0: going to be in deep, deep trouble. No,
1: you know what's going to happen is I'm just not going to cook and you're going to have to do all the cooking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's different about this equation
1: to heat up my kettle water when you're not here
0: you know before we dive into things I do want to <laughs> say last week I explained that my mom had been in the hospital she is home now and I want to thank every single person that reached out uh, after hearing that here on the show and uh, letting me know that they were thinking about me I appreciate that That made me feel good
1: it's nice to have that kind of support from a community of people that love and care about us you're right so this morning I I like to ask questions on Facebook and it's because it's really where my media stream is, and then everything else kind of bounces off of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I ask questions that are self-affirming, like, tell me what you think about me. <laughs> you know. Like, But other times I just generally ask questions about what you those. think about yourself. I
0: avoid those. I see those on people's streams. Uh-huh. Using the first letter of your name, tell me one thing about me, or, 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 <laughs> or the one that I saw today was... What's my biggest flaw? I'm I'm never asking that on okay. Facebook. I don't want I don't want anyone's negative opinion You're about a... me coming to me.
1: So what I've been doing is posting questions to ask other people about themselves right? because people like that. Sure. The truth of the matter is people want to be entertained on social media. So can I get them engaging about telling me great stuff about themselves? Mm -hmm. Or can I get them engaged by outraging them with some crazy, loud yelling thing? And the old publicist in me says, all news is good news. Any news is good news. If people are talking to you or about you, it's getting your algorithm flowing. And that's really the reason I do it. So this morning I put out one right away. Good morning. Happy day. Here's a great question for you. Tell me the first five things that you do in the morning. Mm. And actually what I thought was, well, Joe, you didn't answer my question. So tell me, what are the first five things you do? Okay, so what are the five things that I do every morning? What we believe are the first five things we do in the morning. But the thing is, is that we're together in the morning. That's right. So I know what you we actually do
0: as the first five things in the morning. <laughs> the first thing I do in the morning every morning is push news.
1: Actually, the first thing you do is I push news.
0: Oh, your thing. See, you have an alarm set for 6 a.m. that you don't even do anything with. And it, it annoys me. And I have It's because completely... it alerts me it's
1: time to get up.
0: But you don't get up.
1: No, but I do. I'm
0: awake. I just... Sure
1: okay (laughs) it alerts me the day is not when it it comes to the second thing that i do every morning anyway anyway i don't (laughs) want to go that
0: you would have a six o'clock alarm that i have my brain has tuned out when my alarm does go off an hour after yours i will push news first every morning that's true
1: okay we can go back and forth go ahead the first thing i do when my alarm goes off
0: is is completely ignore it for an hour and just wake people up for no reason
1: no is turn it off okay and then i look at my phone for an hour
0: I have caught you doing that.
1: (laughs) It's the damn truth. Now here's most recently. It hasn't always been the truth, and it won't be the truth as the summer heat sets in. Because I got to get up. But here is the second thing that I do
0: every morning. I'm going in for a call it what you will. Snuggle, spoon. I want to be up close next to you under those covers as I'm coming out of my evening slumber. (laughs) You're right. Just that was weird. It's getting louder. I don't know why that's so funny, but is it accurate? Because I'm there. Is it accurate? (laughs) Yes. Okay. It is.
1: It is. (laughs) The second thing I do is I get up and go poo.
0: Before before you make coffee.
1: Yep, it's actually my real alarm. It's
0: my real alarm clock. Before you let the dog out. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of information. (laughs) It's the truth. Okay.
1: I'm open, as someone said today. <laughs> I,
0: you better tell me what the third thing is accurately next. but okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say that the next thing I do is, have you turned the coffee pot on? Usually, yes. If that, then 3.A is get a cup of coffee. 3.B, have you gotten yourself a cup of coffee? I pour two cups of coffee if you haven't, and I bring one to you on your bedside table. If you haven't made coffee, then number three is to make coffee, but that's rare.
1: Number three is I've already gotten up because I got, well, got up to go poop. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to let the dog out to go pee mm-hmm. and open the chicken door.
0: Right. The fourth thing that I do every morning is figure out what wrinkled ass shirt I'm going to wear <laughs> and throw it in the dryer with a damp <laughs> towel to kind of get the wrinkles out and fluff it out so that it doesn't look like I'm a hobo.
1: The fourth thing that I, I Is I do, that
0: accurate? Yes. Okay.
1: I then go to the kitchen. Usually by then I've let the dog back in because he's only going to pee. He's not going to poop first thing. So that's Mm -hmm. just what it is. And I do all of these things. I feed the dog, drink a glass of water, start the coffee or drink the coffee, depending on what you have done with your morning.
0: Mm -hmm. The fifth thing I do is probably go out into the backyard and put food in the chicken bowl and take the dog out again or hang out with the dog trying to get him to go to the bathroom because our dog is so addicted to you that if we just put him outside he did this the other day took a running start to the back door and jumped into it (laughs) trying to open it because every once (laughs) in a while the back door is cracked if the back door hadn't latched (laughs) he can open it with his tiny tiny body weight so he just ran into the door yeah
1: I the a doggy door. Like he pawed it open
0: <laughs> and that didn't work. So he went back and took a running start and body slammed into the door thinking he could... And that didn't work. So I'll take him outside or rather hang out with him outside and try to get him to go to the bathroom. I feel like I should keep going because I know that once I'm dressed with the exception of my fluffing shirt, I get on the computer. That's, I sit down that's on the, the computer thing you do. And I or,
1: or the order may be off a little bit some days. Check but my yeah. social
0: media and uh-huh. check the news. Yep. To drink my cup of coffee. That's where I want to drink my cup of coffee.
1: My cup of coffee goes down in different places depending on what time of the year it is. When it's cool and dark still outside, it usually means I take my cup of coffee or you have brought me my cup of coffee to the bed where I'm waiting for the dog to stop eating. Mm -hmm. So that I catch him before he runs
0: somewhere to go poo in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but if it's the heat of the summer, then Our I'm already... a that's not
0: fully potty trained, but like yes. 85% there. Yes. Let's just say that we don't have poos all over the house all of the time. That's not what's going on.
1: And if he could open the door by himself, clearly he mm-hmm. would go outside.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will we have a doggy door at the farm?
1: I'm wondering if we shouldn't have two doggy doors where it's like a doggy door into the porch and then a doggy door into the house.
0: And you can because because close that way, them off. Exactly.
1: Okay. So that way... You can come and go from the porch anytime you want to, but we also have the availability to come and go from the
0: right. From, there should be no house 100% too. access into our home at the no, farm with the dog. My door, dad a swears possum we'll or a have a skunk in our house. Or a rabbit or something will come inside. <laughs> I don't want to shoot a rabbit inside the house. So yeah, let's keep all the varmints outside. Yeah.
1: If it's the summertime and not the wintertime, then... That fifth thing that I do is take my coffee cup outside mm-hmm. with the dog and he follows me outside if I go outside in that follows moment. follows you to go take your poo. So he's going to do his poo then mm-hmm. and I'm going to start going ahead and watering and getting ready to leave for the day because I've got to get all my garden stuff done yeah. before 10 a.m. most yeah. days. What's
0: the point of your question? Is it important those first five things that you do be a certain type of thing or activity or mindset?
1: Yeah, I think that there's lots of things out there that talk about how starting your day really affects how you how your day runs. Uh-huh. I've been learning recently. There's a lot deeper things than how you start your day, because the way you start your day, you can pretend that you're happy in the morning and thanking the Lord for being alive. Mm-hmm. But you really have still that discontent and ball of anger and fear and, and shame and whatever inside of you. And it's going to come back within 30 minutes, even if you've done all the blessings as the first thing you woke up to to that day. And that's, you know, we've talked about this over the years, about your morning and how you start your morning and how for many days and years I had to be very intentional about how I woke up in the morning. Because if I wasn't, I couldn't even make it 30 minutes. I couldn't even get out of bed some days. I would be like clinging to you like, I don't want to start the day. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that releasing a lot of that crap that I've been releasing, kind of the pain and the trauma and the fear that I've been releasing has made it a lot easier for me to start my morning out and stay in who I am, where I want to be, and all of that. And I'm being a lot more open and honest with how I live my life, just on a general basis. I don't even know if it's being more honest, but it's definitely being more open. Yeah. I understand that the first thing that I do in the morning probably shouldn't be looking at my phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And part of that has happened, I believe, because... The folks that I'm interacting with aren't all right here in my own community, like Mm -hmm. in the region I live in. And so I find that there's a lot more activity going on. I like the mornings kicking off with like, hello, friends. When it
0: comes to social media, you are annoyingly leading on not getting stuck in the mud. Okay, explain. Outrage culture on social media.
1: Mm -hmm. We talked about that this week too.
0: My head is in this notion that social media is harmful. When you don't make a personal commitment to yourself to use it for positive things in your life rather than negative things in your life and you are annoyingly good about that when i say annoyingly i mean oh my god did you read about and then fill in the blank with some kind of local thing that we would have been interested in before you know mm -hmm. or presidential thing and you know all the things that everyone wants to, you know and you're like nope i don't know anything about that and Mm -hmm. i go ah she's freaking right she's right because this thing that i wanted to dish with you about isn't going to affect my life at all.
1: What I'm finding myself doing, number one, we've talked about this before, the idea of you create what happens around you through the algorithms of the universe, through the algorithms of social media, through the algorithms of whatever. So part of that is I don't see as much of it because I've turned that stuff off. I don't interact with it. And so it doesn't come to me, but if it does come to me, I'm also not just going, turn it off or, yell back or stick my head in the sand if it comes to me i'm saying you're not doing that by the way right if it comes to me if i see it if i run across it i process it because there's something there for me and that is also positive because it feels good to know Mm -hmm. that the universe is giving me exactly what i'm asking for what is it that i have asked for what can I take away from this thing that I have now interacted with?
0: What have I asked for from the universe? It's being given to me. Mm-hmm. Am I asking for the right things? Sure. Ooh, unanswered I no questions. questions. Every once in a while we have a recipe that we say is going to go on our rotation. But then every once in a while, we have a recipe that we demand that you try cooking at home. And last week's tandoori chicken wings was one of those. Definitely. And you can hear last week's episode and get the entire recipe. But there's an ingredient in that spice mixture that I don't even know what it is. F-E-N-U-G-R-E-E-K. Fenugreek. Fenugreek.
1: I do know what it is. I actually learned about fenugreek from my interest in Indian food.
0: Well, fenugreek is an herb long used in alternative medicine. It's a common ingredient in Indian dishes, as you say, and often taken as a supplement. Mm-hmm. For thousands of years, fenugreek has been used in alternative and Chinese medicine to treat skin conditions and many other diseases. Recently, it has become a common household spice and thickening agent, and it can be found in products such as soap and shampoo. Hmm. Alternative medicine folks say that it can increase breast milk production in new Yeah, biomes.
1: you know what? I do remember that.
0: It may help control diabetes and blood sugar levels.
1: They put fenugreek in Italian seasonings, too, I think. They
0: do. Uh-huh. Italian and Italian Indian. Italian sausage, right? there's a big fenugreek influence. got a nutty flavor. Do
1: you remember that I fell in love with the dish at Bellino's mm-hmm. called piatto vegano? Right. The vegan plate? Yeah. And the first time I ate it, it's broccoli, cauliflower, tomatoes cooked in a sauce— The flavor of this sauce is so creative and so ethnic tasting and I I, I like have a craving for it. I'm pretty certain he told us it had fenugreek seeds in it, right?
0: I love these conversations and the pursuit of knowledge on this show, especially when it comes to the kitchen. We've answered these kinds of questions with things like that we do know about like paprika. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm but growing things, paprika peppers. Are you serious? Two different types of drying peppers. I'm trying it out my myself this oh, time. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: Turmeric we've done. Very cool. And then I was listening to last week's episode where we were talking about our burrito and salad order at Freebirds. Yes. And the meat options that you have available to you are chicken beef. And one of them was Beyond Meat. Mm-hmm. And I went on to say it's taking America by storm. Meat alternatives that are plant-based. But interestingly, I have never tried any of that one time.
1: None of the fake meat stuff? Yeah, like
0: Beyond Meat. I've got some kind, and I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, because who wants prejudice about anything? Prejudice against these kinds of products. And I'm not sure if that's valid or the way I should be feeling about these.
1: When I started my concern with industrialized meat, because there really wasn't anything else available, I had to go vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And we were also still, my kids were still pretty young. I didn't know as much about cooking i wasn't growing as many vegetables as i'm growing now i didn't have someone like you that took on any kind of recipe and was willing to give anything a try sure and I take so that as a compliment. it Thank is you. a com- absolutely so we ate a lot more prepackaged, processed things and we did buy kind of the morning star chicken nuggets oh, yeah, I and the yeah, okay. you know the hamburger patties and the meatballs and all veggie that, yeah right and then over the years when i would go to a restaurant that I want to have a hamburger. It's a hamburger place, but they don't have grass-fed beef from a farm that I know or a Texas farm. Mm -hmm. So I would go for the vegetarian patty if they served a vegetarian patty. And it got me really, after having some of those old school vegetarian things in the freezer section, and then trying out the new, before we had the real evolution of people choosing something besides beef hamburger meat, I was so turned off by most of what I ate and beginning to understand what was in that stuff. I also have a prejudice against some of these new things. So when it got brought up last week, I made a real quick like, kind of comment that I, if you know me, if you listen to the podcast, you've heard it. I bark at things I don't know what I'm talking about often. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when it came down to it, I told Joe... Leave that on the cutting room floor because (laughs) I am not... I I, I don't feel good about that. I need to know more before
0: I speak about it. My question today, it framed it. Let's learn more about the Beyond Meat, the Impossible Burger, all of these new alternatives that are coming out, not to dismiss them out of hand, but to learn more, become educated, and make an informed decision. So I thought that next week I might bring some of that research to the table.
1: I think that's great. And as I'll always mention... It's interesting to me how things kind of are divinely timed. I don't know if that's the right way you say it, divinely aligned or Mm -hmm. whatever. But last week, you had brought home from the farmer's market some dishes from a gal that does vegan home cooking. Right, right, right. And it seems as though the conversation we're having right now leads us in the direction of having a vegan episode of the podcast. Sure. She reached back out to me because I had made a giant big post about this stuff is amazing this chick is amazing. Everything I've tried from her is amazing. You all should go and try her talking to my local folks. She said, Oh my God, that is so kind of you to put that information out there. So we were in, now we're in a little bit more closer connection of conversation. And Mm -hmm. I said, we like to eat all kinds of food. Your food is excellent. Hey, I wonder, would you be interested in doing a friends with benefits episode with us? And she Uh, said, absolutely. And I said, we could do a vegan, vegan focused
0: episode. A hundred percent vegan meal.
1: And maybe we a do of, a little bit of a, a challenge, a vegan challenge. Let's try it. Not because people, we're vegan, but because we don't mind eating all kinds of delicious foods. Say, and it doesn't for a lot have of people, to have in it Their mind us. goes
0: directly to, I guess they're going to have five different kinds of salad. But no, this girl's doing kind of next level cooking. with Oh them, my
1: God. You know, yeah. That freaking artichoke comacy type thing that she sent home the other day mm-hmm. was fantastic. She makes these little peppers that she stuffs with hummus inside of them she makes my favorite candy bar the almond joy oh,
0: she makes the vegan version of
1: that yeah. and she's using not just vegan ingredients mm-hmm. which i don't even know what vegan is necessarily because there's lots of rules to the true a true vegan has lots of rules that even any vegetarian i'm doesn't loving follow. this idea i'm yeah. loving this idea yeah i hope that we can pull that together in the future and it makes sense it's just, again a divine timing right or whatever i mm-hmm. said earlier
0: <laughs> we did a lot of quickies this past week. This
1: would have been the week that our picky teenage friends should have been at the table. Sure. (laughs) They would have liked most of the things we made a lot better.
0: I believe that the Mediterranean lamb bowl, which is not in our heavy, heavy rotation, but comes out maybe Mm -hmm. four times a year, Mm -hmm. should be in your home. But it's basically a deconstructed gyro. Mm -hmm. And it starts with ground lamb which is available at our farmer's market sometimes, not all the time. But when it is, I buy a few pounds of it and stick it in the freezer so that when we want to do lamb bowls, there it is readily available.
1: If you don't have lamb at your farmer's market...
0: Ground beef would work. Or
1: you're not a regular shopper at the farmer's market, or Mm -hmm. it's a week that the farmer's market doesn't have the lamb you're looking for, most communities' meat market is going to have some version of lamb available for you.
0: You cut up onions and garlic and you saute that in oil. Until it gets a little soft, and then you add your ground lamb, and you brown it until it's cooked through, just like you're doing like taco meat or something like that. Mm -hmm. But then you're adding Mediterranean flavor profile, paprika, allspice, red pepper flakes, ground ginger, salt, pepper. Now, you've already prepped the rest of the dish, which is chopped up tomatoes, chopped up cucumber. Mm -hmm. just like you'd find in a a gyro right and then you're going to take your meat and the last thing you do before you turn off the heat is put in some fresh mint and if you want to parsley you were growing some fresh mint so i said hey baby Mm -hmm. fresh mint bring it to me now
1: i think i have enough parsley now too i'm getting close and i know there's enough parsley out at the farm so
0: after you've done all of those steps you take your bowl you add rice we use a turmeric cauliflower rice when we do this if the girls are in and are feeling like they want some regular rice i would have made some rice in the rice cooker real quick super simple but that's your base they all
1: ate it though oh yeah everybody ate that i just don't
0: tell them what it is and that's you know it looks like rice tastes like rice feels like rice in your mouth but hey ha ha you're eating a vegetable but there's your base (laughs) then a scoop of your lamb meat a scoop of your tomatoes a scoop of your cucumber now if i was not so time crunched this week I would have made some tzatziki sauce, but I bought some at the grocery store along with some hummus. A plop each of those, and then I take some feta cheese and I sprinkle it on top. I had bought some pita bread and put it on the grill for a couple seconds just to heat it up. And mm-hmm. that is dinner. And every time we eat that thing, I go, mm hmm, I'm glad this yeah. is in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was very good. And we actually got introduced to this at a like a day long meeting, committee meeting kind of thing. So, in addition to be, to it being kind of a, an easy dish to pull together for a family, and most everybody in the family is going to eat most of it, even the pickiest of eaters are going to pick around in something that looks like taco meat and yeah, rice, you right. know? It's a good dish to use, I believe, for these types of events where you want to serve a bunch of people really fast. Right. Like a taco. Like we talked about last week, tacos can solve all problems, I think. Taco-type bowls can solve all problems, too. (laughs) Well, it
0: elevates the event that you're talking about. It elevates the food there because taco is a taco is a taco, but Mm -hmm. this is different. And it it resembles fancy, even though that you and I know that in the kitchen, it didn't take that long to put together. Mm -mm. Mediterranean lamb bowls, put them in your life. Yesterday when I got home, I realized it was one of the best couple of days of the month. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the housekeeper had been home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked into <laughs> a clean, beautiful, sparkling home. And when I got to the kitchen, it was perfectly clean. I love housekeeper day.
1: Like I said earlier, I've been having all of these conversations here on the podcast, out in the universe, in meditation, everywhere about value, worth, self worth. How we value different types of services, products, all the things that we're doing in the whole world, but in our particularly in the American society. It has me thinking a lot of times about the idea of equal value. And actually, yesterday in one of the coaching calls I was involved in, the conversation of equal value versus equality came up. Okay. And that... We are all, every single human being of equal value. Mm -hmm. We are not all equal, meaning we're not all the same. We don't do things the same. We're never going to do things the same. It's just not going to happen. But we all have equal value. And then it's that day of the week. Our housekeeper's here. She has purposefully worked her schedule, her new schedule with her company that she helps with some of the management of to put our house on the day where she has the lightest load because it feels good to be here and she wants to do a good job. So it's one of those days where she's lighter. You can tell she's lighter. I mean, she's been cleaning our house now for a while. But I've, you know, I've gotten to know her and, I, and I've and i seen, I've seen her after the freeze week when then all of a sudden every house in town who can, all canceled last week all need their house clean because they're the dirtiest they've been in, Right. 10 years Notice. because we just had a ridiculous time in our homes. And she's, oh my God, I can't take another step forward. I can't do, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm, you know, imagine, right? right? Imagine that. And then I see her on those days where she's lighthearted and she's spent the morning with her children. And so there's a little bit more chitter chatter happening. I'm working on cleaning the things that I do. and And one of the things we did talk about yesterday is that one of the things my grandmother taught me was that my grandmother had... Josie and Josie was with my grandmother all of my grandmother's life. Wow. I mean, like they grew to be old women together, where mm-hmm. at the very end of their lives, my grandfather would actually go pick Josie up and bring her and everything so that Josie didn't have to ride the bus and Josie didn't have to go through all that because Josie was old, but she was still coming with my grandmother. To clean the house. It was a
0: deeper relationship than some kind of faceless service that is showing up.
1: Absolutely. And it became that because my grandmother worked alongside Josie. Oh, okay. And all my life, I knew that the day that Josie was there was the house cleaning day. Not the housekeepers coming today, but the house cleaning day. And so that's what it's become for me as well. It's my house cleaning day. Mm -hmm. You know, I get a lot of other things done too, but it's my house cleaning day. And I work on doing the laundry and getting our stuff out of the way and digging into that one thing I know I needed to clean. And
0: the one thing you've been putting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And getting rid of crap, throwing things away. I got 20 of those right right? now. Oh, we have a whole house full of them. So here we are working side by side. She's doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. We happen to be kind of in the same space together. So we start chitter chattering a, a bit. Nothing specific, but she's just telling me a story about the way a customer communicated with a fellow colleague of hers and then how then it was then communicated to her as well from that customer. And my immediate thought when she told me the story was that customer doesn't value you. Your work, the type of work you do is a lower class work. Yeah. So I can talk to you in Mm -hmm. a certain way because I don't value your type of labor. I didn't say that though. I just thought it.
0: Hold on. Let me interrupt you. But she does. The customer does because the hard-earned money is going to the company to have this specific service that that customer desired to show up.
1: Sure. That's when you're saying that the only thing that puts a value on things is money. But the next words that came out of her mouth were exactly what was in my head. She said, I told the owner that I won't work for that customer. I don't need their money. I value myself more than that. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yes, ma'am. That's exactly where I've been going with almost everything that I've been thinking about in life. A lot of the things I have talked about as it relates to, I have the right as the owner of a business to make my choices about which customers I want to work for. As much as you, the customer, have the right to choose me as a service provider to be your service provider. Mm -hmm. And if the two of us that don't come together in an equal of valuing, I value the labor that you bring into my home. The next words out of her mouth were because I want to work for people who need my help and value what I do and bring to their lives. And I said, 100%. And I want to value people that do that for me by making sure that you have the finances in order to pay the bills that you need to pay or whatever it is. But I value you and your labor equally to the type of labor that anyone else on the planet does. And it has nothing to do with monetary value. It has to do with human value and self-worth, which is what you were talking about.
0: I recall when you ran for mayor, the devaluing of you as a mayoral candidate because you are just a gardener. Mm -hmm. You are just a executive director of a nonprofit.
1: Uh You are just just a farmer. This this conversation came up this morning Uh in one of my little threads because the word that someone used to describe me was farmer. And another word that someone used to describe me was passionate. But both of those two words have been used in the past to devalue me. And a perfect example of that, which I told the person that was a farmer, who wants a farmer as a mayor. But I find that it is my favorite word to use to define myself, just like passionate. Mm -hmm. And then she made a comment. Well, doesn't everybody want a passionate farmer as their mayor, colleague, friend, Family in member. their life, somewhere. And I said,
0: <laughs> if they're smart, good. they do. This is
1: good. I'm pretty certain that if memory serves me, some of the absolute strongest, best leaders we have ever had in American history were passionate farmers. Oh, so God. it's the idea Hello, of. Hello, founding fathers. Value, yeah. value. Right. I will say, as it relates to agriculture, farmers, all of that kind of stuff, I do think, and this is where I want to go into the whole concept of like self worth. I think that there's certain parts of the country, there's certain parts of the world, there's certain people who have within the core of them a feeling that all of society and all people don't value access to food, healthy food, farmers, agriculture, when that's just not the truth. Because all over the world you can find wealthy farmers, farmers that are treated like kings and queens, Mm -hmm. because of what they
0: bring in life to the planet. Yeah, your value and the value of every other local farmer Certainly went up when the grocery stores were empty a few weeks ago.
1: Well, yeah, because it's the first time people have really seen what I've been predicting, basically. That there are going to be situations where distribution's going to break down and you don't have any food in your house. The way
0: that it is is never going to change. And the way that it is looks just like this. And when it does change, COVID,
1: mm-hmm.
0: your concept of what is important, what is valuable,
1: mm-hmm. shifts. Yeah.
0: And I love that the housekeeper shifted her schedule because she wants to be around people. She's saying mm-hmm. inadvertently the path mm-hmm. of the conversation mm-hmm. that value her. Mm-hmm. It's a brave Two way things. to operate a business too. Absolutely. It's and
1: it's 100% way. how I'm operating my business right well, now. I was going to say, this sounds a lot
0: like what you said at the very beginning.
1: What if we lived in a society where everyone did what, made, what they were best at and what made them feel really good uh-huh. okay and they valued themselves above anything else
0: fulfilled the reason why maybe they were put on this earth mm-hmm.
1: If you value yourself yeah you will value other people. So the way you value other people no matter what their job is because this isn't just about jobs this is about religions. Cultures, races, genders, everything.
0: Partisan politics.
1: All of it. Politics, (laughs) all of it. Yeah. Everything, everything. The way you value other human beings, the way you value other living things, is how you value yourself.
0: It's a reflection in how you value you, treating others the way you would want to treat yourself. Oh my God, it's like the golden rule.
1: You just said it out loud. If you're
0: treating people poorly... Then you treat yourself poorly. You're treating yourself poorly, most likely. Maybe not in that specific situation, but in some other situations. Right. Hmm.
1: No, no, it is about self-worth. And I truly believe, and this is the reason why, I mean, I have been filtering this and Channeling things and listening to other people talk. And it's been coming up in conversations. It's been coming up here on the podcast. It's been coming up everywhere. And I believe that we are in a place as human beings right now in 2021 where we have got to recognize that we treat ourselves with such little value that, of course, we treat the rest of the world with such little value. We are so deeply hurt and wounded in our own self center, that we have no worth for anyone. No one has worth. We give what we are. And this, this is a thing. You took the dog to the groomer. You asked me, how much do we normally pay for the groom? Yeah,
0: it was my turn to take him. And I didn't know what the, well, and I needed
1: you to help me out with a little bit of assertiveness. I I didn't know what it was going to cost. I needed you to be a little bit of, uh, this is important. I wanted you to be a little bit more assertive. And so I value your, Ability to handle those situations
0: very well. You don't like to handle those kinds of situations. Eh, it's we were, not my favorite. We like the groomer. We were unhappy with the last job that they did. And we mm-hmm. wanted to say, we want to continue using you, but we're going to have to tweak the way that we're that it's done. Sure. Okay.
1: Right. Happy and, the, and all of this comes down to each individual person that works at, in each individual labor job, whatever we're talking about, how much they value themselves is how much they value their job how much they value the service that they provide for you. But at the same side of that, when you asked me that question, I said, this plus tip. And we are hellaciously good tippers.
0: Yes. Early in our relationship, we realized that we agreed that a healthy gratuity is just part of the price. And I'm glad that that's the way we feel.
1: Yes. Yes. Because I believe that there's an element of, I would want someone to value me the same way I value you. Mm -hmm. I would want someone, I think about this with like waiters and my children, and we don't have this situation currently, but what if my child was doing one of their first jobs as a waiter?
0: Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you mean the the job that they will learn the most about human interaction? They'll learn
1: about how humans value other humans? Yep. When they get a dime left on their table by a man that ran them like crazy back and forth to the kitchen 800 times or a woman, mm -hmm. a woman, (laughs) because don't, don't misunderstand. Yeah. And that someone values the labor of my child the same way that I value the labor of their child talking about their first job, waiting tables, that someone values the work of my daughter when she's sweeping up the hair off the floor at the hairdresser's place because she's the assistant right the same way
0: that I will treat I, your daughter I
1: will treat your daughter yeah mm-hmm. we're talking about self-worth we're talking about valuing other human beings we're talking about setting our boundaries that value our self-worth mm-hmm. because she set a boundary and I'm learning to set more boundaries and women currently are learning to set our boundaries we really are that's part of I think what's going on but we can't set our boundaries. Using our core values, if we don't even value ourselves enough to set the boundaries for what's acceptable, for what we're willing to receive or not, or give or take, or what we're willing to do, how much work we're willing to do, whether we're going to do the work the same way that a man does the work. And this isn't about equality. Again, when I go back, and that's, I think that that's really important because the word equality. And you'll find me often saying, "Nah, it's not about equality because we're not the same. We're not the same. But value, equal value, we value. And value is not always about monetary. And when you begin to recognize that at the core of yourself, your spirit, your soul, whatever, that you are having a hard time valuing yourself. And this morning, when we were kind of talking about this concept I, I used an example.
0: After your poo. Go ahead.
1: Right. Exactly. Number two. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I like how that was your number two, by the way. Because, of
1: course, it was. <laughs> number two.
0: Number two is that number two.
1: The poop alarm goes off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I value poop a lot, clearly, because I think we talk about poop nine out of ten episodes of Dinner Table Talks. <laughs>
0: I poop nine out of ten days in a row. So why wouldn't we talk about the things Oh, I poop ten days in a row every single day. And
1: if I don't, there's a problem. If we I didn't derail you with this little thing,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be very, very impressed. What were you saying? <laughs> I don't oh, it was good too. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, we were talking about this in the morning and I said people don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. What do you mean? We know things. Yeah. We know uh-huh. That when we look in the mirror every morning, we go, God, my hair looks so bad. God, look at that freaking pimple. Oh, so if you you
0: ask me, how does my hair look, and the answer's not great, you don't really want to hear the truth, would be an example of what you mean when you say we don't want to hear the
1: truth. No, it means for me to say out loud that you don't value yourself, a lot of people might immediately go... Well, yes, I do. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. And I get, I want to get paid this much and I know I'm worth this much and da 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 da. And I say, okay, then why that every single time you see a picture of yourself, you say, God, I look so fat. Or every single time you go to tell someone something, you say, well, I'm probably wrong, but start thinking about how often, almost innately, mm-hmm. you say bad shit to yourself. And if we talk about the concept of innately, we have innate functions in our body, things that just happen. We are not involved in them, honestly. So why would we want to put the very worst things into our innateness? Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, Someone says, and this is a big one because this is one we've talked through over the years when I say, when someone says to me, and I'm getting better at it, but my daughter's really good at it. When someone says to me, you look beautiful today. I say, I know. Or when you say, I love you. I go, I know. And when someone says something awesome to my daughter, she says, I know. And over the years you would say, why do you say, I know? Why don't you say thank you? Mm -hmm. Or you know, and a lot of people. I will know go, seems well,
0: braggadocious. Uh, I know seems e- egoistic. I know me. So why? Yeah, I know. Because if
1: I know that I'm great, then I know that you're great too. If I know that I'm valuable and I'm worthy, then I know that you're valuable and you're worthy too. That's why.
0: I was in and out of the house while the housekeeper was here, and you were recounting the conversation after I left, and you told me that she enjoys her job so much. When she's created these kinds of relationships with her customers, Mm -hmm. that she'd rather be out doing her job Mm -hmm. than cleaning her own home. Mm -hmm. And she hired her own company Mm -hmm. to clean her house. Mm -hmm. Because she told you, while I enjoy cleaning homes Mm -hmm. of people like you and other customers that are awesome like y'all, I I hate cleaning my own house.
1: Of course. So... I'm hiring you to do the job that I don't want to do. That's it. It doesn't make you lower than me. That's amazing to me. doesn't make you smaller than me. doesn't make you worthless. It
0: blew my mind Mm -hmm. because it defines the reason why we have a housekeeper. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Yeah, absolutely.
0: When I got home yesterday, it was one of the best days of the month because the housekeeper had been there and I walked into that beautifully sparkling clean kitchen. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to make bacon for what I was about to make for us for dinner. And I didn't want to. I'm gonna come make bacon and throw grease all over this beauty. We gotta get her back soon.
1: That's why we have her, and she knows that about us. I think that's part of it too. She she knows we're dirty, but we work hard. A
0: better life. Mm -hmm. What is the takeaway here?
1: It goes back to the idea that if we're not paying attention to our internal self as a first priority, then there isn't a damn thing we can do. To make this planet a better place to be. Because you will only value someone as much as you value yourself. And our self-worth right now is very low. And just because we're putting all this grandiose shit on Facebook, it means we're asking the rest of humanity to affirm us when the only person that needs to affirm us is us and our connection, in my opinion, with the higher being. That's it. That's it. And if we value our self-worth, then we will value equally every single other human being on the planet
0: and all life. No matter what they think about any topic.
1: No matter what color they are or what's between their legs.
0: Ground meats seemed to be the flavor of the week. And it was really just going after that convenient thing. Nothing comes together faster than a ground meat dish. I pulled Mm -hmm. a pound of ground beef out. I said, baby, we're doing tacos. Mm -hmm. Now, when I said that, I heard a couple of yays from down the hall. Because as we said last week, tacos solve every problem. (laughs) And tacos are always popular. But I thought I'd talk quickly about how we do tacos. And there is no recipe. I cannot post this recipe to you. No. The first thing I do is I make pico de gallo. Reminds me of when I was walking through one of these home and garden shows.
1: You told this story already. I uh-huh. have? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the slap chopper or whatever. When the slap chopper? It Something. was the uh,
0: Ultra the Chopper guy. 3000.
1: Yes. You told this story. I've told this story
0: yes. before. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to tell it again. I make pico de gallo, but I use a knife. Tomatoes, onion, eyeball ratio. Then when it's exactly where I need it to be, I'm throwing in my cilantro, a squirt of lemon juice, some garlic salt. And I've already diced jalapeno up when I made my tomato-onion ratio.
1: And conveniently, you had plenty of cilantro in your refrigerator to use. Of course I did. You didn't even have to go to the grocery store to buy it.
0: The garden fairy had placed it there. (laughs) Once you get some chopping skills with your knife and you're moving faster than when you first started using a knife to cut up food, making pico de gallo is so, so easy. Set Mm -hmm. that aside hollow out a couple of avocado throw a handful of your pico in there i like to put extra cilantro mm-hmm. into my guacamole a couple squirts of lemon juice maybe a little oil if, mm-hmm. if it's not exactly perfect salt pepper now i've got my pico now i've got my guacamole set that over there grate my cheese because that's what we do in this house now we don't buy those pre-grated Did you bags grate of it? cheese i grated <laughs> my cheese then in some oil in the cast iron skillet you take a nice handful of that pico de guy and you throw it right in you're softening up all of those ingredients real quick then you add your meat out on the counter you've already gotten out your cumin comino
1: that's my favorite smell i think it might be your favorite smell
0: <laughs> your armpits smell like camino when you've been outside that's what it is i take one whiff and i go mm, i want some tacos <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I had Waterburger armpits the other day. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. That's from Texas.
0: Getting Waterburger armpits without eating Waterburger is actually quite a feat. You are 100% <laughs> Texan, even though that company was bought by Chicago, and everyone's sad about it. <laughs> Camino, chili powder, cardamom. I use paprika because I use paprika and everything. Salt, pepper. You just know, you just know, you just know the quantities that you use. And you don't put too much too soon so that after that cooks into your ground beef a little bit, you can take another taste and say, oh, you know what? I need a little bit more Camino. I need a little bit more of this. I need a little bit more of that. There is no recipe. It's having the spices available to use and then trialing and erroring your way into deliciousness. You said this time I'm making a taco salad.
1: Yeah, because I have a ton of beautiful lettuce right now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be selling a lot of that in the next few days.
0: Well, take us home with the taco salad because that was your invention.
1: So we put this beautiful bib lettuce down on the bottom of it with a little bit of spinach and some kale and whatever. And then we stacked up our salad bowl. I put in, right after I put the the greens down, I then go ahead and put in my grain-free tortilla chips. And then I put in my ground beef. And then I put in my cheese so that it melts. And then I start putting basically what I would consider the dressings on top. Mm-hmm. So pica de gallo,
0: guacamole, sour cream. Would you like it better next time if I did some kind of beans? Or are you good to go?
1: I don't care one way or the other. Okay. I mean, the beans, I wasn't missing the beans
0: from the other night. Mm-hmm. And
1: we had already, like, this was the fourth taco meal we'd had in like Taco-ish four nights in a
0: row. Land bowls are tacos, but if you do put the whole mixture no, 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 into no, no, a no, no, pita. No. Right.
1: Four days in a row, I had taco nacho things for uh-huh. dinner. And that didn't include the lamb. It's not the
0: worst life to live. I but.
1: had the nachos that I made with Freebirds. Then I had what I called brunch nachos because I was taking all of my egg, bean, spinach, uh-huh. Uh-huh. tomato mixture that you had for ordered ordered right. for me, yep. making myself a nacho with that on top of it with some queso on top of it. I think I might have made my stomach a little bit sick with oh? beans and queso. Uh-huh. So it, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so when I made the taco salad, I left out the it was good that you left out the beans gotcha. and I left out the cheesy gooey queso and just put a little bit of a little bit of grated cheese in there.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. Now that my mom's out of the hospital, things are loosening up with the driving around schedule. I guarantee you, and you listening, next week we're gonna do something fancy schmancy. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Now it's time for Table Topics. Would you repay friends if your dog ruined something expensive of theirs?
1: Mm, It depends. On what? What their boundaries are. You know? If they said... What our our relationship boundaries are.
0: We go to their home. The Mm -hmm. dog is there. There's Mm -hmm. expensive glassware on some kind of bowl. Mm -hmm. And you say out loud... Hey, can I move this? I would hate for my dog to accidentally bump it. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no. Leave it there. Mm-hmm. The dog accidentally bumps it. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying for that. Mm-hmm. I might offer. Mm. They would be uncool if they said yes, yes, yes.
1: Then that's not a very good friendship to begin with. Understood. What is my relationship with those people? Mm-hmm. And what do I understand their expectations to be? Right. How do they feel about things? Can I tell that they were very affected by that, then I'm going to offer it. If they ask, I'm going to do it. Even if I didn't agree that it necessarily needed to be done or that that's why in that situation where you said, well, I created a situation that gave them permission to tell me to not let it get broken. Then it got broken. Then they asked me to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. I don't deserve paying for it. I don't have to pay for it. If someone asks me to pay for something and I don't think that I should pay for it, I'm going to go ahead and pay for it. I'm going to set the boundaries right then. Because nobody set set any boundaries. I'm going to go ahead and pay for it. And then I'm going to understand what my relationship with those people are. Is that we can't really be honest with each other about how we really feel. That's one of those questions, absolutely, that I think depends on...
0: The nature of the friendship.
1: The nature of the friendship Mm -hmm. and going back again to that whole value conversation.
0: Like, what do you value? Who do you value? How do you value things? Tell you one thing about this dog we take him over to a friend's house and they've got some exposed stuffing that's coming out of one of their patio chair cushions, Yes, I'm going to let them know right up front. (laughs) When we are not looking, my dog is going to tear the shit.
1: I don't put my dog down. Out of that cushion. I don't put my dog down anywhere where he might get away from me and I don't know what he's doing. Except here at the house it happens.
0: Even if whenever and wherever we do take our dog, people are blown away by his amazing man bun. He's so cute.
1: His mom finally got him a haircut. Actually, technically, his dad finally got him a haircut.
0: Yeah, I saw your post about that. <laughs> I just left it alone.
1: Waterburger armpits,
0: well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime...
1: Hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you.
0: And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.
1: One of these days we need to capture one of your morning farts to go with the the morning five. First thing I do in the morning is fart really loud. That's your number one. <laughs>
0: You're reminding me of the thing that you often tell me, which is that when I tell someone else something, I'm really just talking into a mirror. (laughs) Yes, that's true.